Hello and welcome to Learn English with Football World Cup Special, a show in which I talk to my friends and football fans about the World Cup 2022 in Qatar. Stay tuned until the end because later on I'll be explaining some juicy vocabulary from this interview. And as always, we've got a fantastic guest today. It's Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, Zdenek. How are you doing? I'm okay. How are you yourself? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Raring to go. <laughs> fantastic. Uh, so let's dive into it. By the way, this is your Instagram if anybody wishes to add you. Okay, so Simon, the World Cup is just around the corner. But as we know, there have been some issues surrounding this particular <laughs> World Cup 2022. It's an understatement. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I've got I've got a few things I would like to address today with you. Sure. And the first question here on my list is, is the way this World Cup was awarded suspicious? <laughs> <laughs> I think the answer to that is probably yes and no. Yes, because, you know, there's all sorts of stories about the, the corruption, the going behind the backhanders. and But then also no, because isn't it always like that? I mean, you know, anyone with working within FIFA who's questioning, you know, the, the, the manner in which this World Cup was awarded needs to take a long, hard look at themselves because, you know, FIFA is just this is what FIFA is, isn't it? It's about, you know, you, backhanders and, and, and greasing people's palms. And do you know you what? Know. Do you know what? Like we always say this in this in my country, the Czech Republic, we always say this about our politicians yeah, and sure. everybody is corrupted. Yeah. And all yeah. that. So for me, over the years, I've always watched football. Yeah. I never really thought about that. It only hit me now with mm. this World Cup in Qatar, because this is the most ridiculous one for me. Yeah. And also, I have seen the the documentary on Netflix, FIFA, mm. FIFA Uncovered. I yeah. highly recommend it. It's really good. So it only hit me now. I never really thought about it. I never realized like how how big it is. It's essentially mafia, from yeah, what I understand. From what I understand. <laughs> Sorry, it's it's money laundering. It's it's everything that's wrong in the world in in one organization. Um, but I mean, it, you know. I'm surprised if anyone's surprised. It's like I am Olympics. surprised. Yeah, you know. Did you, sure, did you know this all along? Did you know this all along? Yeah, it's like as as a kid, you, you're genuinely excited and curious to find out where the next you know event is going to be hosted, and you think, oh, they must just have had the best bid. I mean, I heard something on the radio the other day saying when from the England team when they were bidding for a 2018 that they wanted to go to a particular event, but because the Qatari 22 committee had sponsored the event. Nobody else was allowed to go. I mean, it's it's ingenious in many ways, but, you know, let's just put it this way. When when Seth Blatter thinks you're, you've got some, that you're morally dubious as an organization, you know, that's, there's no hope left for you anymore, is there? <laughs> you know, why don't we just let, you know, them sort out amongst themselves, give it to their friends. Why even bother pretending? I don't know what, what they to spent, like 120 billion on this whole thing. Blimey. I don't I don't honestly know what to think. But the, the problem is that this 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 is um organization which which is like not accountable to anyone. 
it's just sort of independent. It's like an independent well, body, isn't it? Yeah. It's a self-appointed club. You know, there's uh, they're not they're not audited or inspected unless you know the tax man's looking at looking for them. Yeah, it, now it's the been going back decades, decades. I, you know, yeah. Well, they know, have been investigating them, right? As well, you know. FBI and FBI have been investigating them. That's what I understood from the documentary. Yeah. yeah. But still, it's it's difficult, right? Because like every almost everybody is corrupt there because you cannot be there. You cannot be part of that unless you play the game in yeah. in a way. If if you know what I mean. You cannot like that. That's why for me, like okay, we are talking about the World Cup in Qatar. This this is this is the penny penny has dropped moment for me when I realize yeah. what's going on because I yeah. may have heard a few things there, but it's like you always hear something about politicians yeah. and anyone who has power. Yeah. But this and is like a penny, penny has dropped. Yeah, but for me, this is like a moment of like this is the aha moment. I'm like aha, okay, that's what's going on. And for me. Like after watching this documentary, of course, we we are talking about Qatar here and what's going on there, and we will talk about more mm. issues here. But it's like they they are only they are only um, dropping the ocean. It's it's just they are just playing their game, you know. They're yeah. just playing. Yeah, they are just, just playing the world the they inhabit. Yeah, you scratch you my can't... back, I scratch yours. Yeah. yeah, but it was the same. It was probably the same with Russia, but we just don't speak about it. It was definitely the same with the, the World Cup in South uh, South Africa, and uh, I'm pretty sure it could have been the previous World Cups too. I think we can all look forward to um, the World Cup in North Korea soon, then, won't we? <laughs> Please no. It's only a matter of time. Please no. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a case of sports washing and. Bribery, whoever has money, you know, whoever has the money. Although they yeah. Someone pointed out on the radio the other day, this must be the worst attempt at sports washing ever. Because 10 years ago, most people in this country couldn't spell Qatar, couldn't put it on a map. And now everyone's got an opinion about them. If this is their idea of of sports washing and promoting their the country is, I know, a tourist destination or business destination. My goodness, they need better PR people, don't they? They've they've failed on an epic scale. It's a, it's a three million country, and it has been awarded uh, to host the World Cup. Is Qatar a football country, Simon? Well, I mean, was Japan a football country in two thousand and two? I was living there at the time, so ah, no, there was. Yeah, there was, you know, there were fans, and the, you know, I used to be able to watch Premier League highlights, you know, and stuff like that. So there was, but it wasn't a country like a lot of others, traditional powerhouses, shall we say, where what happens in football affects the back pages and the front pages of the of the press. I mean, this is one thing I I'm not that bothered about. I don't have a problem with it not being in Spain or Germany or Brazil or Italy or England or whatever, you know, why not the Middle East? I, I work with a lot of Middle Eastern students, hundreds of thousands of them over the years, and they love football. So yeah, yeah. let's, let's host it in the Middle East. Why not? We did it in, in, in the USA, but yeah, no, I, I totally agree with you. And I, I'm actually okay with it being in the Middle East. That's mm. like the way, the, the, the reason why this is problematic for me is because why not when i say qatar is not a football country i mean it's not one of the traditional 
it has it has never been yeah. in, in a World Cup, obviously. Yeah. And we I've never heard of a Qatari national team or anything. Mm. And so why not give it to one of those traditional Arabic countries that have always qualified, like Saudi Arabia, Iran? For me, that would make way more sense. I know mm. it's all about money. Well, Saudi Arabia, don't tell don't tell me they don't have money. I understand Iran it could be more problematic. Politically but, difficult, yeah. Yeah. But why Qatar? That yeah. just makes no it's for me, it's an equivalent of giving it to Liechtenstein in Europe. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Yeah. Come on, yeah. Like, or Iceland, let's say Iceland. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They love football there, and it's they did really well at some point, even. But still, would you give the World Cup to Iceland for the right price? I guess is the answer to the question, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's <sighs> it's a tough one, isn't it? Because either we we end up, you know, restricting where it's hosted. Why not somewhere else? You know, it's not our game. No, yeah. To, yeah, to determine, yeah, I mean, can can it host all those people? Well, we're about to find out, you know. Yeah. Should it host it? That's another question in terms of morality. But like I said and, earlier, I think morality's long since left the building, you know. Yeah. Well, let's let's just let's just talk about these individual things. So mm. the timing. So it's like the first time ever, right? It's in winter. We have all. It was always uh, at the end of the season mm. in June, right? in summer yeah. so what is that a problem that it's in, in winter what what problems you know, does it bring I heard someone saying you know well we always complain that we're all our players are exhausted at the end of the season they're all broken <laughs> they should be you know pumped and ready to go they should be match fit raring to go mm -hmm. yeah. Let, let's put it this way without wishing to get too somber and serious i think the world has got bigger issues coming to do with the environment than worrying yeah. about what time of year we play a football tournament i think we'll be lucky if the planet's not 50 degrees everywhere one day so mate this is well, a, a taste of things to come shall we say well you've mentioned the environment but that's one of the issues here isn't it because they had to build stadiums that will have to function um well i guess they i guess this is a good thing it would have been worse if it was in summer than they would have to turn on the air conditioning and play in the middle of the night. Yeah. But still, like you, there are still environmental issues connected to this World Cup for sure, for one hundred percent. I don't uh, mind that it's it, it's in winter. It it's no okay. skin off my nose, you know. I, I think it, on the list of things that are a problem with this World Cup, the timing of it, it on the calendar, it's, it's no biggie, really. Do, is you it? know what? You know, you know how everybody says it's in winter, but technically it's in it's in autumn. <laughs> <laughs> We're splitting hairs, but yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so here we go. This is the big one, right? Yeah. So there are some human rights issues actually as well connected to this World Cup. Mm -hmm. So obviously the two main ones for me are the LGBTQ plus treatment. The, the treatment of this community in Qatar and generally in the in the Ara Arabic world, mm. which comes from their basically culture, right? So that's one like on the one hand, you sort of want to understand it and respect it to a certain extent. But on the other hand, if they want to be part of the global world where people have human rights and we want everyone to be equal, then for me, that's a problem, right? Mm. So 
will there be safe will they will they guarantee safety of the lgbtq plus community when they um when they are the football fans they when they travel to the I, matches? I think this is going to be heavily stage managed isn't it it's about like being on their best behavior for three weeks and they'll come to the end of it and say you see it's fine there's no issues here then we all go home world cup's okay. over and for the people who are directly affected there people in that country or people visiting that country or people who can't visit the country because of all these reasons will things return to how i was gonna say normal maybe that's not the right word but but yeah. potentially yeah so, so um, you think that they won't be arresting any any people or anything like that do you think it won't be happening no I, 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 that's that's that, that's i can't see that happening it's more likely to happen for i don't know maybe hooliganism or something like that i don't yeah. think it'd be too hot for anyone to get very angry and also um, people people won't be drunk people won't be drunk quiet. because look look no that's the wrong one sorry <laughs> uh this one what do you make of qatar banning beer at the stadium so you say hooliganism but maybe there will be no hooliganism because nobody will be able to drink any alcohol yeah, i there. mean <laughs> without wishing to mention any any uh, products, shall we say, the official beer sponsor is not one that I would consider to even constitute beer anyway. So it's no, great, <laughs> it's no great loss, is it? Oh no, I can't drink terrible beer. That's going to be four times the price. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big one for having a drink at a game anyway. I'm a bit of a lightweight these days. So, um, you know, if, if the stadium is a better place for it, I don't I think that's probably a good thing. Um, I think people have suggested that this is a bit of a power move. You know, yeah. to, to leave it to the eleventh hour and just say, "Ha, you see, we're in charge here." It th yeah. there's a suggestion that this is um, them flexing their their muscles. Muscles, yeah. Uh, to be honest, this one doesn't bother me that much. Um, I, I find it hilarious, and that the response of a lot of people how they are enraged about this. Uh, I understand it, and the sponsorship deal we mentioned the B, you didn't want to mention, it, but it's Budweiser. Yeah, I think ironically they will get a lot of press out of it it's the same with when ronaldo uh you know how ronaldo pushed away coca-cola during the press yeah conference. yeah yeah great news so, for Coca Cola, all over social yeah. media everybody yeah. everybody heard about coca-cola suddenly it's gonna be the same with budweiser yeah yeah there's I, no such I, thing I, as bad uh, bad publicity honestly i wouldn't i wouldn't even know because i i just ignore these ads like when i watch a football match i don't look at the banners or, yeah, or, or posters or i don't watch the ads so for me i only know now that budweiser is a sponsor for fifa because of what ha what what happened because of the, of the yeah so going back to um the the issue of human rights yeah uh, etc and 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 talking about the um the rights of workers as well i just want to give a a shout out to someone um who doesn't need me to promote them but in the the guardian newspaper there's a, a football cartoonist called david squires mm -hmm. and he normally writes the most hilarious uh things and draws these brilliant cartoons about the premier league and what's happening in in that world um but he's written some he's drawn written i'm not sure the right word there uh some beautiful poignant uh cartoons of late focusing on the issues of actual people who've been directly affected and if if people read nothing else during the world cup i wish people would look at those cartoons because they beautifully illustrate 
the, the the plight of some people out there in a in one web page more than I could ever hope to you know yeah. achieve. It's David Squires at the Guardian. Brilliant stuff. Basically, there were no stadiums in Qatar naturally, mm. so they had to build all these stadiums from scratch. And uh, so after the bid in 2010, they started working on that. But yeah. the problem here is that the, the, the working conditions of those workers and they what they do in Qatar and in these rich countries, they, they have a lot of migrant workers that come yeah. from poorer countries to make yeah. money. And they for them, it's big money. And they, mm. they, they, they do it despite all those terrible conditions and risks that are involved mm. there. But Massive apparently... Risk. Human rights activists and politicians and fans and media speak of 6,500 or even 1,500 alleged uh, deaths in relation to the to the football mm. tournament. Um, and the thing is, I heard that Qatar are denying all, all this, and they they say, oh, only three. They speak only about hey. three three death three deaths in the workplace. Officially. I mean, genuinely, you would probably, you could potentially have three deaths in 10 years on any massive national construction site, even when all the hell, you know, just accidents happen. So the idea that exactly. it's laughable, three, that's it's a lie. It's a lie. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay. Uh, uh, Simon, last question. How many matches do you think you are going to watch? So you are an England fan, so I, I assume you're going to watch all England matches. Yeah, I, you know, obviously a lot of people are conflicted about this at the moment. It's really hard because I'd like to have the guts to stick up to for my morals and my principles and and and, and boycott the, the, the World Cup entirely. But I've got a, a couple of football mad kids who I know want to watch yeah. it. So I won't watch as many as normal. Um, and what I try and I've been trying to do in the build-up, and will continue to do so, is with my kids as we're watching games and after the games to make sure they they know about the the situation in this country, so they get some perspective on it. And I think it's okay to say, do you know what? That was a great football match. You know, to be excited, you know, to celebrate the triumph. But you can yeah. still think, I wish it had been somewhere else as well. And that that doesn't make you a hypocrite, I don't think. Yeah, exactly. That's that's the thing. Like, are we hypocrites? That's the question. Like, are we hypocrites? From one point of view, we could be. Like, we shouldn't be watching this, whatever. But at the yeah. same time, like, I, I've loved football all my life. I've seen all yeah. the World Cups, yeah. and it's just every once every four years. And this is just the biggest tournament in the world. Yeah. And how can I not watch it? You know, it's yeah. it's impossible. It's impossible for me. I, I watched the, the last one fully aware of what kind of country was hosting it. I think and that, that we didn't even know. And we didn't even know what, what yeah, was did going we know to happen. Where we'd end up they, we didn't know that they would attack Ukraine. Right? Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. so uh, I, th I think, you know, the people are saying, or, you know, not that I think it's going to happen, but if England win it, it's a tainted World Cup. It's not the players' fault. Yes, they could probably go out there and make some kind of statements. I think it looks like England, Wales, and the Americans are already making statements in their own way. You know, um, it's it's not their job to do it. I admire any of them that do, and I 
half of me thinks that or part of me thinks that something might happen during the tournament anyway it feels primed yeah. for some kind of moments i'm not quite sure how it would come about whether it would be players or teams or yeah. fans i mean i hope it go it goes off peacefully but i wouldn't be devastated to see someone running across the pitch with a banner or gluing themselves yeah. to the football posts you know the goal posts <laughs> you know with, with, yeah yeah you know exactly. the harry kane doesn't work for fifa he doesn't work for the british government he's a long way down the list of people who need to take responsibility for this you know so we will see simon we'll but see. um good luck to your team thank you very much for being here and um, yeah your your insight about all these issues related to the world cup and yeah uh take care man thanks yep you too let's see what happens <laughs> exactly and uh now let's have a look at some useful language from this interview. All right, so in this part of the show called the Language Corner, I'm going to go through some interesting vocabulary from this interview with Simon. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Don't forget that it's really useful for you to practice this vocabulary by leaving a comment under this video, below this video. So without further ado, let's get started. So the first expression uh, was used when we were discussing with Simon the fact that FIFA is undoubtedly a corrupt organization. Simon agreed with me. It, he said it's all about backhanders and greasing people's palms. So um, a palm, a palm is this, and grease is like a melted animal fat um, or oil, if you want. And to grease is a verb, so you would sort of put oil or animal fat, let's say, or grease on somebody's arm. So that would be the literal meaning. But obviously, this is an idiom, so the meaning is kind of metaphorical here. So if you grease somebody's palm, uh, you essentially secretly give money to someone in order to do something for you. So you bribe someone, right? It's to bribe someone, to, to give someone money in exchange for a favor. Right, I'm not going to ask you if you have ever greased anybody's palm, but what I could ask you is, is this common in your country? Um, do politicians grease each other's palms, for example, to get some favors and stuff like that? Let me know in the comments. Um, the second expression was used by me, and um, I was telling Simon how I kind of realized that FIFA was corrupt, that it took me a long time and I really realized it only now really with, with this Qatari World Cup and this how this World Cup was awarded and after watching this documentary on Netflix called FIFA Uncovered that also helped me realize it. And I use the expression, the penny has dropped moment. So the penny has dropped can be used as a phrase to mean that finally you have realized something it's the moment when you have realized that something is true especially something that you didn't first believe was true it's the moment when you understand something that you have failed to understand for a long time so i'm sure in your life you have experienced this it's that kind of that aha moment that moment of oh oh Okay, I get it now. 
So that's the penny has dropped moment. Okay, so penny is like a coin, and when it drops, it helps you sort of realize it, I guess. It's so you can imagine it's quite easy to uh, imagine, right? Um, the penny has dropped, it makes a noise. Maybe that helps you suddenly realize what's going on. Okay, um, then Simon used a really interesting expression. He said, the morality has long since left the building. So I have done some research about this uh, phrase, and apparently it is a catchphrase that, that means that something is over. So, um, so it apparently it used to be used for Elvis Presley's concerts. So it comes originally, this, this expression comes from the USA, from America. And uh, when Elvis Presley left the concert, then there was no one there. The show was over. And uh, I think people started using it as a catchphrase. And um, well, the way we used it here, well, uh, basically we were discussing um, whether World Cup should, whether Qatar should host the World Cup. And Simon said that it's a question of morality. And uh, I pointed out that I don't understand why they would give the, the World Cup to the smallest country in the Middle East. And I don't have a problem with giving it to Arabs or to the Mi Middle Eastern region, but I have a problem with giving it to Qatar. They don't even have a football league there. So Simon responded to that by saying the morality has since long left the building, has long since left the building. So if something leaves the building, it's it's kind of over, it's gone. We don't talk about it anymore. It's not there anymore. Morality is not there anymore. That's not what is it's about, right? Nobody cares about what's right and what's wrong anymore. You know that that was out of the building. That left the building long time ago. Okay, so interesting phrase. I think it's quite flexible. You could use it uh, with something else, right? What what else could we use it with? Often when you talk about these abstract ideas, let's say. Um, you could say, I, I don't know, uh, fairness has left the building or equality has left the building, anything really. Uh, it's like an understatement of saying it's no longer there, it no longer exists. Tolerance has left the building, anything really. It's quite flexible. Okay, and the last expression uh, I would like to talk about here is an idiom. And um, well, we were talking about the fact that the World Cup is in winter, which is quite unusual. And um, I said that technically it's in autumn because it starts today, actually, on the on the 20th of November, and it's still autumn. It's, it's not winter yet, even though everybody says that the World Cup is in winter. And uh, Simon, it's, I mean, it's little thing, really. It's, uh, it's not that important, I guess. And Simon responded by saying, splitting hairs. But okay. So if you are splitting hairs, if you split hairs or splitting hairs, it means you are making a small and unnecessary distinction. You're trying to argue about little details. It's not really important to do that. And often we would we would say that. So uh, I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes when I correct my students, um, maybe I go to too much detail and sometimes Maybe it would be better to to let my student off, you know, to just let them get get away with the language they use. It's true. Sometimes 
you should do that, especially if 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 they are perfectly under my students are perfectly understandable to everyone else. So sometimes, you know, splitting has, for example, <laughs> um, I made a mistake in the thumbnail for the first video in this in this new series, and um, I I what did I write there? I wrote in the thumbnail that uh, I wrote England or Spain. Who has a better chance to win the World Cup? Someone commented that it should be who has a better chance of winning the World Cup. And I think this is a case of splitting hairs, but fair enough. I have already changed the I've already changed the, the thumbnail. There are two different meanings. Uh, to, to, so to have a chance to do something, it's more like to have uh, to have the opportunity to do something, whereas to have a chance of doing something, it's more like to do with probability and likelihood. So there's a little distinction. I think it's splitting hairs. What do you think? Is it splitting hairs? Guys, thank you very much for watching the show. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to give this video a like and stay tuned for more videos from the World Cup special series. Cheers, everyone, and take care. Bye.